Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 122, and, and your double-stuffed Halloween month continues. Let's say you're in Manhattan this week, the week of Halloween. What are you going to do? What are you going to see? Well, I'm going to tell you, because I've got two do-not-miss events for you to not miss. This episode is super late, so let's stop my jab and play a promo, and let's get rockin' and a-rollin'. Do you remember your first time? (laughs) The first time you fell in love. (laughs) With horror. (laughs) Science fiction. Post-apocalyptic fantasies. MVP Mutant Radio will help you rediscover your inner fan again as we talk you through the latest and greatest theatrical releases in horror. You are all going to die tonight. We can guide you to a new, better, happier you. Science fiction. Prometheus, are you seeing this? Big things have small beginnings. Law is not the law. I am the law. And all out badassery. We'll bring you interviews with independent filmmaking masterminds, as well as specials like Murder by Music and the Drunken New Year's Eve Mega Show. Listen online at www.mutantville.com or subscribe on iTunes. If you're a man, you don't cry about it. You take life up the nose. If you're a real man, you never go down, you just stay up. The Mutantville players are ready to lead the art jihad against haterism and the forces of fan dumb. Now, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, long before Ebola touched the shores of Manhattan and got everybody all in a panic, there was word, there was a plague upon our city the mere mention of which would cause a panic. All you had to do was to walk up behind someone, say, like a Mr. Brad, and whisper, Bed box. And they would freak the fuck out. Seriously, you have no idea how nasty this stuff was. You'd be walking down the street and you see mattresses lying on the side of the road. You crossed to the other side of the street. You went the next block over because according to Mr. Brad, those things can jump. I don't know how far, but they can jump. So you know what? You just didn't want to deal because once you got them, you were in severe 
trouble. You gotta burn everything you own. Your neighbors are all looking at you like, ew. And they would pop up in horrible places, movie theaters. And now they're showing up on the subway cars. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the infestation has reached a new apex because I fear the apocalypse is upon us. And it will not come in the form of zombies or disease or even nuclear war. No. There's a new strain of bedbugs on the loose. Six feet tall. Blazing blue eyes. And a tendency to burst into full-blown musical numbers. Because this time, bedbugs, it's a musical. When you lie in your bed tossing and a-turning trying to get some Bugs, three exclamation points, dot, 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 it's a musical. Now, you know how I feel about musicals and exclamation points. They're mandatory. But if you're putting three exclamation points at the end of your musical title, you better have a fucking great show. And you know what? This is beyond great. I went in, to be perfectly honest, with low expectations. Now, I remember years ago, maybe two years ago, it was playing at the uh, New York Musical Theater Festival. And I said, hmm. I turned my nose up at it because I said, huh. Because when you have these festival things, there's always something that creeps in that's super current that's probably going to be one joke beaten to death over the space of two hours. So I let it go. But then it came back, like bedbugs often do. What? Yes, it did. And then... I started hearing the buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. Do bedbugs buzz? I don't know. I don't want to know. And I heard, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. And I went to the website. And I said, oh my God, I don't want to miss this. I listened to that song you just heard. And I said, okay, I'm in. And I'm so glad I was in because not only is Bedbugs an amazing musical. It's an amazing rock musical. It's a rock musical that actually rocks. Every song rocks. Normally, I'm used to, okay, you go to a rock musical and the first number's really good, and then it's kind of like, end of act one, big number, wow. Beginning of act two, pretty good number. Then, hey, big finale, but every number, I'm like, holy shit, that rocked in a totally different way than the song previous to it. And that is a neat trick. And on top of it, you got a really smart 
funny script with layers, 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 muahaha, muahaha. Because you see, it's about this gal, see, this gal named Carly. And when she was a kid, she lost her mom. It's really sad. But not only does she have mommy issues, she's also got French-Canadian chanteuse issues. What? Layers. Layers this is what I'm talking about. Because you see, when she was a child, she stayed up late to watch the Dick Clark New Year's Eve show because internationally renowned French-Canadian chanteuse. Dion Salon was going to be performing. No relation to Celine Dion. No, of course not. No, of course not. No, no, no. Totally different character. Yes, and she listened to Dion Salon perform with her headphones on, and she didn't hear her mother screaming for help as the bedbugs crawled out of her mattress and pinched and nibbled and pinched and nibbled and pinched and nibbles until Mama fell out of the bed and cracked her neck and died. So now Carly's grown up with a hatred a hatred of bedbugs and Dion Salon. So she grows up to be a super-duper chemical scientist, and she is determined to not only cure New York's bedbug problem, but to bring about genocide. Okay, Carly's got serious issues. Okay. Maybe she's a mad doctor, but you know what? She's just trying to help. And it's nothing to do with personal revenge at all. Or does it? Who knows? Anyway, with the help of her brother, she finally makes the formula that will eradicate the bed bug problem forever. And it does for a while. Except, of course, things go horribly horribly wrong. When will science ever learn a horrible new mutant breed of super-intelligent bedbugs? Giant, bloodthirsty. Oddly sexy. Are unleashed upon an unsuspecting New York, and the body count is rising by the second. It's not long. Before the bedbugs have taken over, they've blocked the bridges. They've blocked the tunnels. There's no way out. Oh, fuck. And of course, trapped in all of this is poor Dion Salon, who just wanted to revive her failing career with one big charity performance at Madison Square Garden. But now this has happened. What's going to happen? All she wants to do is love and sing and eat cheese. But no. Bedbugs. 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 Now this is another thing that's brilliant about this show. Like Carly, with her layers. Dion Salon, who should just be a one-joke character. Haha, ha, we get it. She's Celine Dion, but she's not. Girl's got layers. Many, many deep layers, and a lot of that is due to the performance of the actor. And I'm not spoiling anything. 
because I did not get a clue, not a single inkling during the show. That Dion Salam was played by a man. And that is due to the richness of the performance of the actor, Brian Charles Rooney. Bravo. Bravo. I believed. 100% believed. He came out and did not do a camp performance as a drag woman. No, he played a full-blooded woman with wants and needs and loves and a hunger for cheese. Did I mention she likes cheese? But they won't let her have cheese because it makes her fat. She's having a deli- She's having a... <laughs> She's trying to revive her career. You can't do that if you're fat. So put down the cheese, Dion. No. Let her eat all the cheese she wants because she was wonderful, wonderful, and so is Brian Charles Rooney. Now, this is where I get sad because I recorded an interview a good 10 days ago, if not more, with the creators of the show. I was thrilled to get them on. I saw the show and I said, I got to get these guys on. I got to promote this show. So I was very lucky to have a good half-hour conversation with composer and story writer Paul Leshen and the book and lyric writer Fred Sauter. And evidently I recorded it when Mercury was in retrograde because after what happened happened, everyone said, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. (gasps) That kind of thing's going to happen. Because, like I said, it was a good 35 minutes. I checked. The little recording thing was going bloop, 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 showing the voices were happening. So, And there was no way to know what was happening was happening. Because it does happen one in a thousand times. And this was the thousandth time that when I played it back, all I got was that weird electronic alien noise. Instead of people talking. And it took me so long to get these guys together. To come and talk about the show. That I felt horrible and just like a complete unprofessional goon. And I got really depressed. This is what I've been so depressed over. I'm like, I'm an unprofessional. No, it's not my fault. These things happen. Mercury was in retrograde. And really, I don't know anything about that except for what I know from that girl from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, the girl who like hung around the kitchen all the time. You know, that one. She was talking about it in the car. I just know it's bad. Apparently, bad things happen and electronical things in particular go very poor, when, poorly when Mercury is in retrograde. And it fucked up my interview with these two guys. And it made me very sad because, first of all, Paul Leshen, the composer, has an amazing mustache. A completely non-ironic, amazing Freddie Mercury slash Sam Elliott slash Marlboro Man mustache. He was there when I saw it, as was a lot of the creative team. And I think maybe it was opening night after previews. I don't know. I don't know. But I had spotted him in the audience. And I said, ooh, look at that mustache. How you doing, sir? And then I looked in the program and said, oh, that's him. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, he has been a frequent collaborator with the Scissor Sisters. And actually, you know, he was working with Baby Daddy before Baby Daddy was Baby Daddy. Okay? And you know him for his co-arrangement of Comfortably Numb. That was his big hit. And he's worked with everybody, and that's great. And now he's working with this guy, Fred Souter, who I got a huge kick out of as well. What a charming, funny guy. And this, like I said, the book and the music work in complete unison here to rise this material, to raise this material, rather, to a level higher than what it should be. It should just be a silly little goof of a show, but it actually is an astounding, astounding musical theater experience. And it's just sad because, you know, we had a great talk about so many things and about his new band that's coming out soon and their new show that's coming out that's tentatively called Astronaut Diapers. 
and explain what that meant to me. And, and I, I can't tell you. I could, but I'm just not going to because it just hurts and it hurts and it hurts and it hurts and it hurts. Anyway, bed bugs are taken over New York and they're led by the biggest one of all, the king of the bed bugs, whose name is either Simix or Simix. I don't remember because I had been pronouncing it wrong and they corrected me in the interview and now I don't remember what it was because there's no interview to go back and listen to, but that's not the point right now. He's played by Chris Hall and Chris Hall is six foot two normally, but now in this outfit, he's like eight feet tall. And when late in the show, late in the first act, this figure comes crawling out from the wings through the audience. Oh my goodness, what a sight. It was like Ziggy Stardust era David Bowie had a baby with Rocky Horror era Tim Curry and raised that baby with Sharon Needles and Beyond Thunderdome, Tina Turner taking turns as nanny. That's what it was like. This presence who was sexy and terrifying and funny and moving all wrapped up in one, and it just really put a point on everything because, you know, he only wants one thing. He wants his mommy. Carly. You made them. You must now lead them. And will they kidnap Carly and make her the queen of the bedbugs? And when they do, will they mate? Now, I knew this going into this because Isabella Rossellini did a series, I think, on IFC, perhaps, about how various animals mate. So I knew how bedbugs got it on, and it's not cute. And I had been wondering when this plotline began to arise if this was going to come up, and, and it did. It did, because as the boy said in the interview... When I asked them, could you please describe to my listeners how bedbugs mate? They said it clear as a bell. Bedbugs mate through a process known as traumatic insemination, in which the male of the species pierces the female's abdomen with his hypodermic genitalia and ejaculates into the body cavity. So, bedbugs are dicks. They basically stab the lady. She's got a hole, but it's for laying eggs. They make their own hole. That's nasty. So after Carly is taken to the lair of the bedbugs, I'm wondering, is that going to happen? Are they going to do it? Is she going to consent? And here's the thing. I was kind of wondering, would I consent? Because this guy's kind of hot in a freako kind of way. Because everything is working here. Everything, even the set's working. The costumes are working. The costumes are like ancient Chinese warrior meets Egyptian prince meets Mad Max meets chair needles meets drag queen. Like, meets everything. It's just, and it all just works. Junkyard chic. Everything is working in this. Now, I'm not going to tell you what happens because I want you to go see this. But I have to tell you what happens when we went because where's the fun because I did take Mr. Brad who of course is cringing at the very thought he's like because he's, con he's convinced they follow him around just are waiting around every corner because he's a very delicate creature and we're sitting in the audience 
and he is crawling all over the place. He's looking under every goddamn seat. Up and down the aisle. And I go, Bradford, what are you doing? He's like, do you see that thing right there? Now in the row ahead of us, two seats over, under one of the seats was a small white cylinder about two inches high. Now I looked at it and I could tell that it was a speaker because being pumped through it was little bed bug clicky, 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 clicky noises. He said, yes, that's a speaker. He's like, uh-huh. I'm just checking to make sure that there's not going to be an Epcot Center Honey, I Shrunk the Audience situation about to unfold here. Now, I don't know if you've been there, but if you've been there, you know what he's talking about. Bradford never recovered from seeing that 3D movie. Because of those little air hoses when the rats came running out from the screen and through the audience, he never recovered. So he was expecting something like that to happen. Did it happen? I'm not telling you. Because you need to go. So once again, I want to send out my very special thanks and my deepest apologies to Paul Leshen and Fred Souter, the creators of this show, and also the publicist from the show, Joe Trentacosta, who worked so hard to get everybody together, and I fucked it up, or Mercury fucked it up, or somebody fucked it up. It got fucked up, okay? Okay, but we can fix it. You know how you can fix it? Go see it! Bedbugs, it's a musical, will be ending its... Limited run this Sunday, November 2nd. So you need to get your tickets right now if you're in the New York area. You head on over to www.bedbugsthemusical.com. And when you order your tickets, you use the special code that I'm giving you right now. Bite me again. One word. Bite me again. And you will get a very special discount to get your butts in those seats. Because you need to see this. I made Zombart go to see it, and I thought he was going to be phoning in a review, except he left voice messages about other things. Zombart really let me down, but he said he loved it, so there you go. So just trust me, if Zombart loves it, and Bradford loved it, and I loved it, and everybody else I've seen to see, sent to see it loved it, then you need to go. I don't care if you're in Alabama. Get your ass up here and go. Bite me again, bitch. If you can't make it, you better pray they make a cast out. Now, it would not be Halloween season in New York City without a trip to one of my hometown's famous haunted houses. Unfortunately, expenses are tight this year, and these houses are not cheap. So some of the bigger ones, well, like I've been to Blackout a million times, and I feel like I've done that, so I'm kind of waiting a few years to go back to that. And some of the others I'm just really not excited about. However, I'm always excited to go see my friend John Harlicker's house, 
the Nightmare House, which he does in accordance with the, the house creator, Timothy Haskell. Now, every year has got a different theme. The first time I went, I believe it was Bad Dreams. Then there was Fairy Tales and Vampires and a few years ago, Serial Killers. Now, Serial Killers was an extraordinary house, mainly because of its storytelling. Well, this year they're going back to their old form with nonstop frights and excitement because this year is the most terrifying thing of all. The theme for the Nightmare House this year is New York City. Because after all, it may be the most exciting place in the world, but that also means it's the most terrifying. And I was shocked at the amount of stuff that was packed seamlessly into the house this year. I also had the added excitement of going on gay nights, which was exciting. The guys from Scruff were there, and I, I really don't know what else was different, but hey, the guys from Scruff were there. Hey. Hey. And here are a bunch of people happily screaming like girls without fear of repercussions was great, and occasionally be a straight couple in there looking really awkward. Hi, straight couple. Hi, remember straight couple that I stood online with? Remember you? Power girl with the umbrella? Yeah, her boyfriend was getting wet, and she's like, sorry, I got the umbrella. He cannot have the umbrella. I was like, girl, you are ferocious. And I gave them a card. So hopefully you guys are listening right now. Yeah, so what, what does that all mean? New York City. Well, very impressively, John did his history work, and he went as far back in his history as you could go with Manhattan because he went all the way back to the Native Americans. Now, I'm not, I don't remember what tribe it was specifically because I'm not a historian and I'm lazy. But my brain wants to say Shumash, but I know that was Buffy. But, you know, it's not the Shumash. Okay, it's not the Shumash. But let's just say maybe they weren't particularly thrilled with the $23 in trinkets that they traded, allegedly, for the sale of Manhattan. And maybe, maybe they cursed the very ground that we walked on. So all the way from the beginnings of this island, it was bad news. But in the, what, 10, 15 minutes that we were in there, I counted Typhoid Mary, the Dakota, the mole people that supposedly live in the subway, cockroaches, Cropsy, the son of Sam, riding the subway in the 1980s, Bernie Getz and Ike Gargoyles on the top of the building, all were there to freak you the hell out and really, really exceptionally executed, particularly this gag, for want of a better word, involving the Dakota, involving a doorman who's, who's interviewing you for possible residency there. And it was a very simple but super effective and creepy, 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 creepy gag. And I again, an exceptional house this year, John. So congratulations to that. Congratulations to that. And of course, what trip through any haunted house is complete without a big inflatable black vagina thing? John, you are my first inflatable vagina and now every damn house copies you. But your vagina is my first vagina, and therefore it's the best vagina. It was just perfect. It was the right inflation that it was had to really squeeze to get through, and you can get lost, and you can confuse the people behind you by not walking in a straight line and going up and down like, oh my goodness, where are we going in this big black inflatable vagina? Now, I'm sure we'll hear about this because I'm hoping to have Jay the Haunt Cub on the show because we had gone to Six Flags Fright Fest, which was a huge disappointment, and we're going to warn you away from doing that if you're ever thinking about going to a Six Flags Fright Fest, because we went to a house there and they had a black inflatable vagina, except it wasn't really inflated enough, so it was really kind of floppy. It was a 
you kind of like, yeah, I'm really feeling pressured. No, there's tons of space in here. I'm feeling it's really roomy inside this ghastly black vagina. And what was also fun too was walking through. I could see a lot of people. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're they're younger. A lot of the people were younger, so maybe they don't remember a lot of this stuff because it wasn't exactly always like, oh, this is the Cropsy part. No, no, no. Or this is the Mole People part, which I guess also count as Chud. I'm counting them as Chud. If you live in the subway and you have glowing eyes and you eat people, you're a Chud. Okay, you're a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Mole People, whatever. I prefer Chud. Whatever. He went with Mole People, probably just for copyright reasons, because that's not the point right now. But. Going through with these younger people and going, you didn't remember the subway in the 80s. You're just scared that there's a guy with a gun waving it in your face on the subway. And this recreated subway car. And I'm going, this is Bernie Getz. Hey, Bernie. How you doing? I tried to talk him down. That just made it worse. It made it worse. And the next thing you know, you're in somebody's backyard. There's some fat guy with curly hair that John Belushi tubs and like, like talking about how he's going to see the girl later and blah, blah, blah. But he's got this dog. There's a dog over there with red glowing eyes and it's barking going, kill them, kill them all, kill them all. It never said it was David Berkowitz and the son of Sam, but I got it. Other people did not get it. And that was that's a lot of the fun too. Just really seeing New York come to life in the most horrifying way possible. Now, if you're wondering about this music that's playing underneath, this was supplied by a listener. One of you guys, a screamer who goes by the name of Sam Haynes. That's H-A-Y-N-E-S. And you can find all of this haunt music at www.hauntmusic.co.uk. So thank you, Sam for letting me use some of the music for the show. I'll probably be using some of it later in the season as well because this is some fun stuff because not only is it scary, it's got a good old dance beat. Uh, 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 which is perfect for gay night. Uh, 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 uh. Now here's the thing that was fun about this evening too because I can't just tell you about a few things. But you know, this is a first date for me with, with, with this fella named Danny. He's an opera singer, very handsome, very international, very continental, very suave. And he was a great sport about it. He was, he was having fun. He was screaming along with everybody. So that was good. But then after dinner, we went to the meatball factory, the same meatball factory that the Ebola guy went to, uh, apparently the same night. So I really know how to show a guy a good time. Uh, I'm still waiting for that phone to ring for a second date, but uh, maybe he's pooping a lot. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. If you want to find out more about the New York uh, Nightmare House, you go to www.nightmarenyc.com and get your tickets soon. There's all kinds of specials and all kinds of promotions coming up. And when you're there, tell John Harlinger I sent you. Ask somebody who he is. They'll point him out and then you say, hey, John Patrick sent me. He'll be like, what? Because that's who he's like all the time. He's always like, what? Actually, he's never, ever been like that. He'd be like, cool. Yes, that's cool. Hey, it's cool. He's a very mellow dude for a creepy motherfucker. Anyway, Nightmare Haunted House. Go see it soon and go see bed bugs. And that is going to wrap this puppy up for another episode. Sorry about the delay. Sorry about the bungle interview, but we're back on schedule and we're back rolling along. And this is the big week. This is the big week. And remember, the big contest is in effect. If you've got a great Halloween decoration or a con- uh, costume, please send it to me and you can win. The entire DVD box set of the Stargate SG-1. The whole thing could be yours. From me. For sharing your Halloween photos with me. How you make your world 
a creepier place. And I, I, oh, I do have to give a special shout out to listener TJ. A few episodes ago, I talked about what happened to my neighbor's Halloween decorations, how they hung this charming little skeleton on the door, and little by little, the jerks who live in my apartment building tore it apart. TJ took that to heart, and she sent them a present, a little candle holder that looks like a witch for them to make the inside of their house a creepier place, and that was a really cool thing to do. That is a way to step up and be a screamer. So, TJ, guess what? You are the Scream Queen of the Week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. No tiara. Yeah, yeah. You should have bought one on Amazon while you were there because you're not getting one from me. Okay, so until next time, my beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, I don't know about you, but Traumatic insemination with hypodermic genitalia. Sounds like a slow weekend for me. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Heads up, galleries some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>